This week, three sides of the coin, we're taken all the way back to March of 1974 with somebody who saw Kiss perform at the Kite Fly Festival in St. Louis. He wasn't a Kiss fan going into the show. He left a Kiss fan coming out of the show. He tells us what impressed him the most. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. You got Mike, Tommy, Mark, and we got a cool guest who's going to take us all the way back to March of 1974. Um before we get to that, a couple things to mention. Mark, we just sold out two nights at Cobo Hall. We did. I love those conversations, by the way. Yeah. Just so, just a little, just a little inside, you know, silliness uh between us. <laughs> Sometimes when Michael will give us the numbers on something in my head, I always go, Well, that's two nights at the Fox. Or that, or that's, you know, like when we we've had really big. Oh, we sold out the Silver Dome, you know. After, but when Mike was telling me about the, the was it Vimo? Is that the yeah? So, so platform? our la- our our episode of five overlooked Kiss songs, we are now just recently in the last month. You can you can find all of our shows up on Vivo V E V O, which is is basically a YouTube it's on youtube and it's a youtube channel where vivo has always posted official music videos for bands that's where they get the best quality official videos for bands on vivo and vivo is available on apple tv and roku and fire tv and all this other stuff well you know we got uploaded there a month ago and i wasn't expecting much out of it but the episode of five overlooked kiss songs has 23,000 plays on vivo i mean i was just blown away by how many plays we got on vivo and um like our newest episode with cream in the first 24 hours approaching 5,000 plays just just on vivo that doesn't count our normal youtube and itunes and spotify i think that five overlooked episode when you count every source has thirty thousand plays on it so when i was telling that to mark and tommy and lisa mark's like yeah well that's two sold out nights at kobo because (laughs) that's that's kind of how we've always tried to picture the numbers it's like okay if you have if you have 10,000 plays uh, you're you're mike you're, you're, you're frozen. frozen you're frozen that, so i you know yeah, like when we first started out we would sell out the diplomat yeah exactly <laughs> we had the audience of the hotel diplomat you know yeah and then you know we've had some episodes that have been the creatures of the night tour where things weren't as good as they used to be in the past it, you know we had a we had a problem we took care of it brought mark in and everything's oh, yep, been great yep but but it, it always makes it easier to visualize that number when you go, well, yeah, Cobo Hall holds this many people, and we had twice that many people listen to us, so we sold out Cobo Hall twice. We're actually probably close right. to three sold-out shows yeah, at Cobo, because yeah. Cobo's, what, about 11,000? 
it's twelve thousand five hundred. Twelve. So if we get if we was, can get if we if we can get to thirty six, yeah, we can get to thirty six thousand. Which we, we eventually say, will. For sure. We can say three sold out nights at Cobo Hall. Could you imagine us knuckleheads on stage for three sold out nights at Cobo Hall? <laughs> no. 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 Can't either. I can't even imagine getting and, in the and, door. And anyway, <laughs> we're we're just we're overwhelmed, you know, by the the response we're starting to get Support. from from Vivo. We got to thank you guys. So welcome welcome to all you guys that are listening on Vivo. V- Vivo because it's it's all watch. It's all video. Vivo is only video. Welcome guys. Um, and, and honestly, I think it's all new listeners because like the cream episode, I put that up on Vivo the day before the YouTube video normally goes live. And I didn't tell anybody because I just wanted to see what Vivo could do on their own. And in 24 hours, there was nearly 5,000 plays on our Vivo video. And then we took it live normally like we would do. So that's new people. So if you're a new Vivo viewer, welcome to the show. Thank you very Thank much. You. We appreciate yeah. you checking in. Um, so let's see. We need to talk about Vivo. What else did I want to talk about? My mind just went blank as I was talking about that. Um, Tommy, do you have any comments? Yeah, there's a couple from uh, this past week regarding the relaunch of Cream Magazine. Um, Frank Streisick said, I don't know what Cameo is, but I'll pay to, uh, I'll pay Lisa to sing Read My Body anytime for any reason. All right. So, so, so Frank, hey, it's only going to cost you five bucks and we donate it all to Wounded Warrior. Yeah. They'll pay and we will get Lisa to sing Read My Body. Rome Loves Dan uh, had a couple of comments, but I'll just read one of them. Um, the Cream Kiss Special Edition and showing off at school it, as a treasured memory of junior high school. The local newsstand could be a magical place for us mm-hmm. Kiss fans in the late 1970s. That was the internet. Right. That newsstand was like the internet. That was the internet. Yep. You, I, I remember, I mean, and I'd go up to, I think Schinders. it was sometimes Schinders, but that was a bigger drive. Just up the street from us, we had Snyder's, a Snyder drugstore. Yeah, and, and then I think it changed to Town Square or something like that. And once a week, I'd go up there and you just start going through Hit Prater and Circus and Rolling Stone. And then you'd go to Super Teen and 16 and all those other teen magazines until you found somebody that had a kiss picture in it and then you bought it. Oh my God. It, it, we listen. I went out to dinner on Friday and she wanted to play the lotto and she's uh, and, and where we were at, we were on the water and she goes, you know, there's that seven 11 up here. And I'm like, well, that's the, that's the, that's the kiss seven 11. She's like, what do you mean? I said that seven 11 happened to be on the way home from hockey. Um, and when I was a kid, and I'd always make my mom go there to like to get a pop or something after after practice or after a game. But I had other intentions because I knew they carried circus and cream and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I I would always walk out of there with, a, you know, a circus cream or hip parader or something along yeah. with my, you know, my slushy or whatever. Like, I, those are such magical memories. They are. We talked about. I, because again, 
just like you said, that was our internet. That was everything. And, you know, and at the same time too, when you're checking out Kiss, you're like, who's this band stars? I think next time I go to the record store, I'm going to buy that stars record or you know what I mean? Or that's, that's, I remember that's how I discovered Motley Crue. I remember a hit parader magazine. I was flipping through and they had like a section of bands to watch or new up and coming bands. And it was just a little picture of the very early Motley Crue. And it was like, keep an eye out for these guys. They got something going on. And I did, you know, that that's how you discovered stuff. Um, there, there, you know, um, Rome loves Dan also has another cool comment that I wanted to share. Um, off like a rocket, the crazy horses LP angle is genius. A potential master stroke for the first issue of the magazine relaunch. I can't wait to read the article. Yeah, I mean, I think that's for Cream Magazine to come out and start with an article about the Osmonds. That's ballsy. I love that. I love that. That's, I agree. That's that's not going with the flow. That's setting your own direction here, and I think that's great. Um. All right, so let's see. Anything else kiss-wise? There's no kiss news. We don't European know. European tour is over. European tour European is tours. over. And there's all, guys, I, I look, just because I saw it online, you know, they're saying Europe in 2023. I was just going to say that. We, so know, we, we know, yeah. I froze again. Those is real. I, I, when I saw that, and it was from a credible source. I'm like, Kiss Europe 2023. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy. More Kiss is good. It's the but 50th man, anniversary that just now. Kinda just flies yep. in the face of everything. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. This thing was supposed to be over two years ago. See, it's it's it seems like or a year end- ago. A year ago. A year ago. July the, 2021. Excuse me. The end that of was the, the original ro- before COVID. The end of the road tour. God, I keep freezing. There we go. I'm not frozen now. The end of the road tour is going to be renamed. We found more road tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've so paved I, new road. We've paved some more road for us to end on. I, I don't know. It, if you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. It's kiss. Nothing surprises me anymore. Anything is possible. Um, I remember right. going to see the Who farewell tour in 1981. Wasn't it 82 <laughs> or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many farewell tours has Ozzy done? <laughs> Scorpions, Judas Priest. Uh, I don't. By know. the way, that new Ozzy song, those new Ozzy songs are just dynamite. And I'm not listened, ordering it. I haven't Facebook. listened to the second one yet, but I've got it queued up to listen to. Um, yeah, Tony Iommi. Yeah. So today's guest, Doc Rivers, that's a cool name. Doc, in March of 1974, stumbled across this new band playing a kite festival in St. Louis, Missouri. Think about that. This guy was there in March of 1974, a month after the debut album came out. He saw a kiss at the kite fly and he talks about 
how he discovered Kiss. He talks about what he loved about Kiss. He talks about the whole Kite Fly event. Um, you know, he talks about his his Kiss fandom after that. When did he check out? Why did he check out? You know, this is a fun conversation of somebody sharing their memories from very early on in Kiss's career. I mean, that's just, think about that. March of 1974. Who knew of Kiss back then? Very few people knew anything of Kiss. So he, he saw them at the kite fly. Talks about the whole thing. It's a fun conversation. Let it roll, and we'll see you at Cameo. It's three sides of the coin, and we're here. And you can hire us to say something on video for you. But but before everybody like rolls their eyes and goes, what the hell am I hiring three sides for? We are donating 100% of the money we raise to charity, okay? So think about that when you want us to say something. We can do a birthday shout-out, an anniversary shout-out. Lisa can do like a Paul Stanley rap. Couldn't you, Lisa? Would you do that, please? I can sing Read My Body. I can do a Paul Stanley rap. Anything that you want to do, I'll do. Mark, well, not everything. Would, would, would you get up and go open something? No, but I'll <laughs> say something funny. <laughs> I'll read a comment. Yeah, Tommy will. Re- you can send Tommy a comment and he'll read it. Now, seriously, you guys all know what Cameo is all about. We'll do a video shout out for any occasion saying anything you want. You know, I don't know if we've even got any limits. You could you could have us say something like three sides of the coin sucks and we'll do mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, does, we're, we're really easy here. So head over to cameo.com. Look for three sides of the coin. The four of us will get together and record a video message for you donating all of our money to charity. Stuff here. All you right. guys just missed all kinds of great stuff because yeah. Mike didn't have the record. <laughs> I didn't have the record button down. You know, we've done that a couple of times. You have one job. I got one job. Really? One. Really? One job. Listen, Ed McMahon telling me I got one job. <laughs> all no. right. Three, three sides of the coin. We're going to do this all over again. I'm going to see how good my memory is because I forgot to hit the record button. Um, today, we are joined by Doc Rivers. Now, you might go, who's Doc Rivers? Is he a friend of Ed McMahon? No, 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 no. <laughs> Doc Rivers is going to take us on a journey of memories <coughs> and stories, which, which I'm predicting right now is going to make this an incredible Three Sides episode. Doc attended this little odd event that KISS performed at in March of 1974. One month after the debut album came out, Doc went and saw KISS at this event called the Kiss Kite Fly at in St. Louis, Missouri, put on by Casey, the big rock station. And clearly it was one of the most interesting, unique and odd shows Kiss has ever done. I mean, it was a big event outdoors during the day. If I recall from other things I've read and seen about it, incredibly windy, might even have been a bit cold in March. Um, But, Doc, you're going to take us into the mind of a teenager 
who saw Kiss in 1974. I mean, there wasn't much for Kiss performances prior to that that a lot of people would have been able to see in person. No, no. So, 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 Doc, how did you discover Kiss before we get into this event? Had you heard of them prior to this? I had heard of the band. And like I said, KC Radio, they had played. I had heard one song, and that was Nothing to Lose. That's the only song I had heard from them. Where I come from, there wasn't a lot to do on weekends or this, that, and the other. You know, we did a few things. We went camping, we went to concerts, and we went. Yeah, that was it. I mean, we've talked about that many times back then growing up as a kiss fan, you didn't have internet, you didn't have video games, you didn't have cable TV, you didn't have everything that's a distraction slash choice. Now, you basically had your bikes, your buddies, a baseball glove. And, you know, record albums, you'd get together with your friends and you'd listen to music. Exactly. And that's what we would do. We would talk about music and this, that, and what, who was coming in the concert the following week or the next month. Like I see, um, the month before I saw kiss, I saw Slade. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Oh, are you kidding? Love them. That was in, um, I believe January of, uh, January or February of 74 it was about a month before i saw kiss and they was at a place in st louis called the ambassador theater and the funny thing about that concert was you know back then what is hard for a lot of people to understand that didn't actually attend concerts at that time the sound was very raw yeah you know the, the pa systems even the amplification was raw and the ambassador theater was a good place to go and hear music. It seated about 3000 people. And I had just seen Slade. Then I've seen Montrose right around that time, Alice mm. Cooper, Jethro Tull, you, you know, I, I had seen all these and people will ask me, well, you know, why do you say that? Kiss was so good. I mean, you know, you're 17 years old. I had a lot to compare them to. Yeah, you just named some of the best of the era. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, and that's just some off the top of my head. I mean, you know, to go, I worked weekends while I was in school, so I had money to go to concerts. You know, it was either go to a concert or go camping, you know, play guitars with your buddies, ride your bikes, play baseball, and and that was it, you know? So when... The kite fly came up. Now, I didn't make it the first uh, the year before that. But that was an annual event in St. Louis at the park. Okay. And people would get out there and, and fly kites. Well, they started bringing some entertainment in. And we always went up there because it was a place you could go and party. <laughs> and, and that was it. So... My one buddy said, you want to go to the kite fly? I said, yeah, you know, we might as well. I go, who's playing there? They got, I know that they had bands of the year before. I don't remember who it was. Um, and he said, it's going to be that group called kiss. And I go, 
I heard something. They played something. He said, yeah. He said, these guys dress up in makeup or something. I go, that's cool. Let's go. So that's what we did. You know, we decided to take off and head up the road. St. Louis is about 25 miles away, I guess, from where I lived. And the deal we had, a lot of the places say that it was on March 29th, which was a Friday. I know that it wasn't on a Friday because I didn't, I didn't cut classes. We didn't quit school. And it was a kite fly where people went out and, and fly kites, you know, um, someone be stoners out there, you know, flying kites, There'd be families out there, you, you know, it was, just- I can just, I can just imagine this, this, this event. I mean, all three of us again, now I grew up in Minneapolis have since moved away, but you know, Minneapolis, Detroit, St. Louis, this is Midwestern, Midwestern towns. Mm-hmm. All these towns loved rock. They were big rock, Midwestern rock. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. It's just like, it wasn't that you were going to specifically see kiss. You were just going because what the hell else do we have to do today? Let's just get in the car and go to the festival. Yeah. So we decided to go and I kept thinking that it may have been on Saturday. That would make more sense. Yeah, but it was on a Sunday. It was on March 31st, and I had people tell me, and the one, it was two guys with me that we we went there, and one of them's not here no more. He's gone, but the other guy was still alive, and I talked to him, and he remembers it being a Sunday, and the reason I said it was a Saturday because we had to stop and get some party supplies, okay? Where I come from, on Sunday... The only place you could find to get alcohol would have been a tavern and it would have had three, two beer. And that's all you yep. could buy. Yep. And I remembered we had bought some wine to take with us to this. See, concerts was different. People don't understand. I mean, drugs and alcohol was a staple at concerts. It oh, just, God, yeah. I mean, I, I remember going to arena concerts and yeah. you would, you would just walk in there and you'd get a contact tie. There oh, yeah. was so much, first of all, smoking of anything was basically permitted. So yeah. those venues were just a oh, haze yeah. of smoke, tobacco, yeah. marijuana. Yep. You'd see people tripping down the stairs. Oh, yeah. I mean, concerts were a different event back then. It was. And this one was going to be outside. So I that is why I think we got there a little late because where we, you know, we went across the river into illinois for one i was only 17 my buddy my one buddy was 18 you could buy liquor at 18 in illinois but you had to be 21 in missouri so we had went across the river got a couple of bottles of this this stuff called night train express you yes, don't know yes. don't know what it is look it up online yes it, it, it's something you know i wouldn't even smell this stuff now but we had to stop and get that and um we took off and headed up there to the kite fly you know and <laughs> it was comical in a way now that i when i look back on it you, you know we was in this old uh this old car this old valiant i mean you know it was <laughs> like i said when we got into where the park was forest park is very is big it's huge I, I mean i don't know how many acres it is but they had the the world fair there in 19 uh, 1903, I think, or whatever. 
there's an 18 hole golf course, the zoo's in there, the Muni opera, everything. It's just a huge place. Well, we get there and we're trying to park, trying to find a place to park. Well, we couldn't. And I'll never forget. We had the, we had the wind windows open. The car was just full of smoke, you know, and there, it was just, Cheech and of, Chong. I, I'm, like, I'm imagining yes. Cheech and Chong meets dazed and exactly. confused. And I said, <laughs> man, you know, where are we going to get in to park? The parking lot's full. And my one vice in there, he goes, he goes, ask the officer there. And I go, yeah, you ask. <laughs> so we just, we just drove, we ended up having to drive all the way down by the golf course. And it was like a half a mile back up. We had to walk. So that, but you know, back then we walked everywhere. It didn't make a difference back then. And so we get out of the car and it was, it was a very chilly day. The wind was, it was a great day to fly a kite. Uh, it would have was a good day for a concert. I would have hated to have been a musician on that stage playing that day because the wind was blowing. It probably was about 60 degrees and, and it was cold, you, you know? So we're walking up and I had, we had like coats. I had an, like an army flight jacket, you know, I had them great big pockets and, and everything. So stuck a bottle of wine in that, and, you know, and a couple cans of beer and whatever else, you know, and we headed up and we started walking. Well, as we get up to the, the, uh, where the stage area was, I thought I'd heard some music and I said, is that that band playing? And cause I didn't, you have to understand, I didn't know who kiss really was. I, I didn't really know. I didn't read rock and roll magazines or anything like that. And well, they, there wouldn't have been anything really of any substantial, you know, anything substantial. Yeah, nothing I mean, I, again, again, the al the debut album, only came out within the last month and and we and, and and yeah and we know that that early on part of kiss the the kiss and Casablanca were having issues with warner brothers at the time and i mean yeah it's not like these guys would have been on the cover of every music magazine they no. were a completely unknown band <laughs> who was doing something that was completely strange the makeup and the costumes was just unheard of back then i mean that was one of the issues warner brothers wanted kiss to drop the makeup exactly and the thing that a lot of people don't get about this is that they were at that time they were a very good rock and roll band take away their makeup whatever you want they didn't even have to, you know, have all the fancy stage moves. They was really, really good. And when I tell people, you have to remember this too. Like you said, the debut album came out in what, February? Mm-hmm. Okay. New Year's Eve of 73, 74 was one of their first shows ever. If you, if you, if you check back on it, I mean, the first show after they recorded and started going at it full time. They did shows like at the Daisy and Coventry back in 73, but these guys had been going since right at the beginning of 73 until the time I seen them. And they had been playing them 12, 14 songs constantly. They yep, had, just they were well them. rehearsed and very tight. They knew every thing they was doing when they walked up there. And there was 
what can I say? When they walked out, I, like I said, we got up there and there had been a band that opened up. I did not see that. And when we walked up, there was still people flying kites out toward the ball fields and things. And there was a small group gathered around the stage. Now, this is something else that they say there was 40,000 people there. There wasn't 40,000 people there. Uh, there, there might've been 20, 25, maybe. I'm That's gonna... still a lot. Oh yeah. It's still a lot. It's just a, over... well, the following year I was there also. And that was a uh, rush open for Charlie Daniels band. They wow, raised... the bill. <laughs> yeah. St. Louis was a weird town. You, you know, KC was really cool. They, 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 they loved everything rock, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they would do the, they would push the country rock too. They'd push things like the Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Charlie Daniels, Marshall Tucker. And then they backed that with a Jethro Tull or a Rush song. You know, it, to us, it, it didn't seem uncommon to go to a concert that had um, Charlie Daniels and Rush. It, it, it just seemed like that was cool. You know, I mean, one of the first concerts I went to was Yes and uh, Poco. <laughs> so you, you know you was used to that so it, the, the but the concert what i was saying the one with rush and charlie daniels they said there was eighty thousand there i will say this there was twice as many there as there was at the kiss show because charlie daniels had a pretty big name going and rush would had started grab hold you have to remember again kiss was not really known. They wasn't going to draw people to the concert. There was probably more people there to fly kites than there was to see Kiss. Oh yeah, exactly. There, the, there, there was probably more people like you who were just like, "Let's go out to the kite fly today." We don't give a crap who's playing. And yep. then they discovered Kiss because Kiss was there. Kiss didn't draw. I shouldn't say they didn't draw anybody, but they didn't draw beyond probably a few hundred people specifically for Kiss. Exactly. I'm sure. So when they came out on stage, it, it was, the stage was pretty high. I, I want to say it was five or six foot built off the ground. <clears throat> it wasn't real big. Um, and I remember, it's hard to, to, to put it all back in and remember it like it really was and not what I think it was. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I do not remember them being introduced. Although somebody said uh, that Junior Smalling was there and he introduced them. Now, I don't remember. I do not remember that. I do. There is some pictures. If you look at that video that I did, there's a pic. I think it's on that one. I might not, but I have it of, of that. There's more pictures of that show. And there's pictures of J.R. Smalling on, on a standing side. Standing. Well, M Mark, maybe you know this. When was the first time jr used the you wanted the best you got the best intro it was well after that that's yeah. all i know so i i'm well I'm, I'm guessing there was no there was no choreographed scripted intro in kiss's repertoire quite yet well they, go 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 back yeah because i that i can easily prove because when they played uh here in detroit in april opening for Aerosmith, which by the way, I remember correctly, that was tied in with the WABX kite event on Belle Isle here in Detroit. However, you know, the, the kite event was on the Belle Isle, which is an island in the Detroit River, but the concert was at the Michigan Palace. 
but they tied the event together. But my, the point I'm bringing up is that was in April. So the, probably a few weeks after Doc saw them and um, they were just introduced um, as a most unusual band. Please welcome Kiss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that was that. And then just a few months later when they played in, I think it was in California, you know, are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Put your two lips together and welcome Kiss. So, yeah, the JR thing was uh, I I, I think that was actually. Oh, was it? I was in 75, early 75 when that, I believe, I could be wrong. There's going to be some geek out there. Hey, look, guys, again, we're just, it's, it's like guys sitting in a bar, okay? I could easily look that up too. I'm just going off the top of my head. So, right. you know, don't I, cruise. I, I, I would bet, Doc, at, at your show, maybe somebody from the radio station came yeah. out and just said, please welcome Kiss. I mean, I w- that was probably I- the extent of it. I would think it was something like that. That I do remember them walking out from be, they walked out from behind the amplifiers and they had to plug their guitars in. You know, it wasn't they wasn't behind a big curtain or nothing. They just walked out on stage and plugged their guitars in, but when they walked out, people started going, "Oh, <laughs> you know, because they're they was all dressed in black." And, you know, their hair was black and silver and they had this makeup on their face and everybody's going, wow, you, you know, and the first song they did was Deuce. There's no doubt in my mind to that. I, I, I remember that. And the my memory of that was, um, was how rock and roll Ace Fraley's guitar sounded. It was just when he took now Paul Stanley kicked the song off. Um, I believe he was playing the flying V at that time. And Ace had, had a tobacco sunburst Les Paul. And when he took his lead rides, like induce, I mean, he just, he just ripped. It, It was, and it was cold out. It was, too cold. I don't know if any of you guys play music or not. Mark does. Mark does. Okay. Well, 60 degrees and the wind's blowing and you're standing up six foot above the stage and it was cold. I mean, I had a coat on and, you know, I was sticking my hands in my pocket and stuff like that. And so, you know, their fingers had, but they showed no, they acted like they was playing to a million people. It didn't, it didn't matter. They, they had a plan at what they was doing. And, you know, Gene, Gene was a, Gene and Paul were good singers. They really were at that time. And again, I reiterate the sound system. They they were horrible back then. Compared to what there is now, or even compared to what they had in the 1980s. They, They was really raw. And this one, was run off a generator and it was starving for power. You could tell, you could, you could feel it. You know, it wasn't, it didn't have enough Watts. They didn't have enough power to push the PA system. And there was some feedback and squeals and, you know, you'd hear the low end uh, speakers. They'd be trying to get Peter's kick drum, you know, get it more. And it's, the, the speakers would start farting out on it. You know, they just didn't have the power to do it. There's something special about that 
kind of experience for concerts because you know it again it was it was so raw and powerful back then you know it was just stacks of speakers and probably every amp on stage was turned up to 11 it was nothing but noise and to be at a show like that you literally i remember you would feel it i mean you would feel that bass beating your heart for you you your ears would just literally ring from the 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 the, yeah. the pas and the part the the point you made too about the variety of bands that's gone now because now it's a metal fest or it's a country fest or it's this that or the other and they just always seem to put all these genres of the same bands together so it was fun when you were, you know, younger back in those days to go and see a variety of bands that were had literally nothing similar at all, but they're both, no. you know, rock bands. Right. I mean, I enjoyed rock and roll. I loved rock and roll. I was raised on it, but I also I had a big variety of music that I did like, um, and I when music, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, Kiss changed." Well, all music changed. If Kiss hadn't have changed over like in 82, 83 and started changing their style of music, Kiss would not have gone on as long as they had because they would have bands that don't evolve with the trends. Yep. You, you know, uh, you, that was a question I wanted to, to, to ask you. Uh, actually, there was two questions here. Number one, Kiss, I would have imagined, couldn't have played more than 45 minutes um that day and also you know because you said you're 16 17 when and if did you check out meaning did you drop out being a kiss fan at any time along the line so if you could answer those two questions actually it's a three-parter the first one i want to throw okay so if they did play about 45 minutes i'm guessing i don't know number two how was the reaction to them because most if I'd say almost all the people would not have been familiar with their catalog. And uh, when did you check out if you did? Okay. First off, the show probably, I'm going to guess, lasted about an hour. They probably did a dozen or so songs. The thing that I noticed about that, and like I said, I, I was really into music back then. So I did pay attention to music. Um, I even owned a Marshall back then. I had a 50 watt. So I, I understood what they was going on. The thing that I noticed about kiss at that show that changed over the years, they played them songs, the same speed they were played on the studio album. Peter played. They did not, you know how a live show, everybody will play faster. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They did not do that. They played the songs, Strutter, Deuce, Cold Gin, all of them was played studio speed. So they didn't really rush through their songs. Like I said, they only had so many to do. They only had, I, I want to say they 12 or 13 songs they did. I don't remember hearing each and every song. The song that sticks out to me most was Cold Gin. And I was, I had that guitar riff running through my head, you know, for 
a couple of days until I went out. I went out and bought the album after that. You know that, but that guitar riff stuck in my head. And I was talking to my buddy on the way home. I said that that's going to be a good song for them. Well, hell, there was about six songs on that album that was. Oh real, yeah. You know them. Them songs were strong. They've lasted. They're still good songs. Yep. Today. Yeah. And roll. So you heard the best songs of Kiss. The show lasted, I, I know it was close to an hour. I would say it could have been 45 minutes. You know, I wasn't in the perfect frame of mind. <laughs> you had substances but, that were impacting you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no hard drugs, but, you know, you know, back then you had yeah. big, big sacks of pot. You know, you just roll big joints and everybody smoked. You know, like I said, there was in that concert, there was two guys in front of me and they had a, a hookah pipe that was probably 18 inches tall with a couple leads and they're both sitting there just, you know, smoking out of it. I mean, you know, it, it was different back then than it was now. And like I said, the police was all over the place, but they didn't say nothing. The, the only time the police would have ever stepped in is if it would have been a fight or something got physical or something like that. They never said mm -hmm. anything about the drugs unless somebody would have really really started freaking out because there was people doing acid and tripping there. It, it, you know, I mean, that's just the way it was, but I enjoyed the music, you know, so much. I, that's what I was paying attention to. I wasn't really paying attention to their makeup or their stage moves as much as I was listening to the music. They was just so tight. Um, let me see, Mark, your second question was how long was I into KISS? Yeah, well, well you were there. You saw them literally at weeks into the very first tour. Yeah. Uh, did you go did you go see them and you know after that at like Keel Arena or any of those? I see. Um, and and then when did you go, you know what? I'm done with this for a while. I can answer that question right here. I went and seen them. Probably 1976, I'm going to guess. Bob Seeger opened for him. Yep. And uh, Keel. It, was, it was a Keel. Yes. It, it it's was a Destroyer tour. I've got a really, I've got a really cool, the, I don't know, what was the big newspaper there? In, uh, in, the Post Dispatch and the Globe Daily. I think that's it. They had a full color. If I had the wherewithal, because I know it's in that box, it's from the that newspaper. Some of the shots in there are just insane great. And they, they were only published in the newspaper. Right. If, if I can get them out, I'll, I'll show that because uh, right. I still have stuff packed up when I had my basement done. But anyways, yeah. So I remember that, you know, that's, that was, a, that was a, an incredible show. There's some really cool photos from that. But go ahead, carry on. So you yeah. saw that tour. Oh, yeah. So I was there. And uh, I had got, it was two shows. Uh, I believe they, they played two nights in a row, Kiss and Bob Seeger. I think I had tickets for the second show, but I had main floor tickets for this one. And um, the thing I noticed, it's funny, I just did a video on Bob Seeger. And I talked a little bit about the concert. And I talked more about Bob Seeger than I did Kiss because this video was about Bob Seeger. But Bob Seeger did a very good job. He was really good. I, I I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about him. I had that beautiful loser album. Well, he come out and he was doing stuff, songs, you know, you heard the Seeger live bullet album. Oh, I'm from Detroit. I know. I know all yeah. that. So you right. can well, force fed it to us. I, and I love it. 
kidding me? Phenomenal. Right. So, you know, this, this concert though was sold out by kiss. I mean, kiss by then the kiss army was getting big in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of people with makeup and everything. And this would be the first time I saw them, you know, with their light show and, yeah. and the whole thing. Okay. And the, the show, uh, was, was great. It, it was really, it was really eye catching the music was still good. I, I enjoyed it. I liked the other two albums, you know, the rock and roll all night and, you know, things from destroyer. Um, they did, they did a few songs. I, I think destroyer was released by then. That was the, that was the tour it was the destroyer tour. You saw. Okay. Because I know, you know, the kiss alive album was out. Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's, um, they, the music was great. And I, I enjoyed the show. I liked it. I thought Seeger was fantastic. I mean, he had people up dancing in the aisles, you know, during his show at that. And Kiss came out and they had to they had to put on a good show to follow Bob Seeger. I'm telling you, he was that good back then. And they just their, their show just exploded. You know, they were so good. Um really good. And then the last time I saw them, Love Gun was out. I'm going to say that this was at the St. Louis arena and it was a whole different thing. Um, I don't know how many people was there, but you could tell they had moved the stage quite a ways up where the hockey rink was to, to give it the effect. And I didn't have great tickets for this. I just went because another buddy had tickets to, Hey, you want to go? I said, yeah. And you could tell the music was just not because of the, what music they was doing. They just didn't put it together and play. They wasn't playing as strong. It's like they was trying to hurry up and get through the songs. Ace was, had a lot of tuning problems. I don't know if it was his ear. I don't know if he was drunk. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I mean, they still, they, they, they killed the, the crowd loved them, but that crowd was full of little kids. You know, I, this was been 79. So That's was, dynasty. That's when I, I was mean, made for loving you was the, I, yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Well, you know, put it this way. There was guys running around down the floors, uh, butcher and snow cones and, and, and popcorn and stuff. There was so many little <laughs> the show and I'm sitting there watching them. I'm going, man, you know, they still did. They still did, um, strutter and, and they still did cold gin and deuce. And, um, they did some of the good old, old material, but it, it wasn't raw. The show was more important at that time than the music. If you get my drift. Oh, to and to totally. And, and, and I think one important aspect we need to remind everybody is that from basically 76 on, that's when the internal rot began to set in within the band members themselves. Yeah. You know, when you saw them in 74, it was four young kids Mm -hmm. All for one, one for all. We are going to do whatever we have to do to, to, to make it. Yep. And they were hungry. 76, 79, they made it. 
They right. were there. They were on top of the world. They had all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Gene and Ace, or not the Gene, the Ace and Peter camp versus the Paul and Gene camp. There, right. You know, the, as we know, anybody who studies KISS history, that's when the friction really set in. And it impacted the shows. I mean, we know, like on that Dynasty tour in 79, Peter had basically checked out. I mean, he wasn't playing great. He was, he was doing things to jeopardize the show. I mean, you know, so as somebody like you who saw them in 74, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that was much more apparent to you than a brand new fan in 79 going, wow, this is amazing. This is a mind blowing. You knew what it was like five years earlier. Well, yeah, they were hungry. That's that's the word I can put for it. They was hungry. They they was out to make it. They there was no doubt about that. And also, even like I said, they said there was forty thousand people at that show that I was at in seventy four. Even if there was twenty thousand, I believe it was Gene said that was the biggest crowd they had ever played for at that time. I it believe that. that I believe that. Hey, I got a, another follow up on that, Doc. Um, so you uh, left with other than a good taste in your mouth in 1979. Did you um, see any shows where they didn't wear makeup when, uh, during the 80s? Did you bother to go to any of those? No, I did not. And I didn't even when they the reunion tour, I didn't even catch that then. I was. What can I say? I guess I'm really old school. <laughs> um, I big Grand Funk Railroad fan. Okay, speaking my language. All right, but well, I would I wouldn't walk across the street here to just see Don and Mel without Mark. Oh, oh. you know Bruce. Uh, oh yeah, um, Bruce Kulick, one of the yeah, greatest guitar players. Um, what's his name? The sang with Thirty Eight Special. They're a great band. I'm old school. I want to hear Mark on and Mel. <laughs> you know, I, I always, and I'm, I'm one of them kind of people I always say, you know, I hear people, you know, and this ruffles their feathers, but I don't care. So many, I did a video on Ace Fraley. You don't, well, you know, there's, there's people that love Kiss and there's people that hate Kiss. And you get them coming in there and they're going, Ace Fraley can't do nothing but play pentatonic skills. He can't do this. He can't do that. And he can't do this. I said, yeah, and you know, Eddie Van Halen. Well, guess what? I did a video on Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen ranks right up there, you know, right in there with Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page. But you want to take a guitar player and you want to see how good he really and truly is and how he can perform on stage, hand him a guitar, give him a chord, give him a pick, a strap, a marshal, and plug him in and say, show me. No foot pedals, no fancy this, no fancy that. Let me see you rock and roll. This was this is my old school thoughts, you know, from early 70s and stuff. You, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. hearing guys like Ronnie Montrose and uh, um, Frank Marino and people like that, you know, sure, you get better and better. But, you know, if I want to hear Grand Funk, I want to hear Mark, Mark and Don sing harmony again together. 
you know, I, I want to hear, you know, nobody could lay a rock shuffle down like Don Brewer and Mel Sharp. Oh, insane great. I've got a, I got a, I, I'll share a quick story with you because I think you'll, sure. you, you, Doc, will find it very, very funny and ironic that you're on the subject. Um, a few years back, I, I went and saw uh, Ted Nugent and Blue Oyster Cult and Mark Farner was the opener. Ah, so um, a, a friend of my son's happened to be working there. And he asked me who Mark Farner was before. And I said, uh, you know, I told him, he's like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, he didn't know any of the, cause he's younger. Right. But it was funny after the show, he's like, was, was that guy in a famous band? I knew all those songs. Yeah. He, and I said, I said to him, I said, that guy's band used to fill stadiums. Yep. You know, <laughs> cool. it was just funny because I'll never forget. He's like, hey, that that guy who went on first, the one he had no clue out. He's like, was he was he famous? I'm like, I know oh. all those songs. <laughs> I know all those songs. And boy, was he great. And boy, right. did everyone love that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. Well, it, it, it's true in a way. And I, I hate to say it. I'm kind of like that in a way. I mean, I. I don't have anything against these guys going out and playing like, like Don Brewer and Mel Sharker, uh, Paul and Gene putting another band together, do it. They got to make money too. It's a job. It is a job and like it or not, they have to make money. Now, Paul and Gene don't really need the money. Uh, Don and Mel Sharker do. <laughs> They, well, well, you know, if you want to get to that, though, I mean, I look at it, I look at it a different, I, you know, I'll use that show as an example. Mark Farner played all the hits from Grand Funk with different musicians. It was fantastic. Blue Oyster Cult played their catalog. You know, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the you know, the brothers are gone. It's a different band. It's basically just, a, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Buck Dharma and uh, Eric Bloom and you know and obviously Ted you know this isn't it's not his band from the 70s but those three acts sold out Pine Knob and it was a freaking great night of rock and roll oh, yeah. so so I'm like who I, I see I'm one of those guys I I don't you know original schmizional I don't, I don't care I just get up there and play the songs play them the right way and we're gonna have a good time and uh, that's a great example. Like I said, all three of those acts played their, their catalog and the people went crazy and everyone left happy. Right. Well, there's not, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's they, they do it because well, one, some of them need the money, but some of them just refuse to quit. Well, so for, for, for all of them, I would suspect. Yeah. They, they just they, love they it. Love, they just love being and, on stage. And the fans love it. Oh, sure. The fans love it. If the fans didn't love it, they wouldn't have no place to play. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, the fans love it. Me, like I said, I guess you could say I'm a fan of old bands. Um, I enjoy, you know, I'd like nothing more than to see uh, Fogarty and uh, get together with Stu and uh, um What's his name? I can't think. I of know who you're talking about. Yeah. The bass player. Yeah. I'd like to see them guys get together and play. You know, they, at the very last there, after Tom quit. Uh, was it Cliff? Was it the other 
Cliff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I love them too. I mean, who does? That's Got the American Cliff. songbook. The drummer, yeah. Well, anyway, Tom quit, and they went out and toured three pieces at the end. And I always thought, man, I just like to see him. Like I said, it's just all nostalgic as what it is. You know, I mean, Fogarty, you can go out and listen to him. I mean, and when he plays, it sounds like Creedence Clearwater. I mean, you know, he's got Kenny Arnoff playing drums with him and whatever. He's great, isn't he? Oh, my God. Arnoff, just a monster. Yeah. But and it sounds like Creedence. You know, and I'm not saying like even with the Grand Funk or even with Kiss, you know, with right now with Tommy and Eric, they still sound like Kiss, you know, an older Kiss. I mean, we all know when you get old like that, you're you're not going to be able to hit the notes you used to with your voice. Very few of them can do that. Uh, and they, Tommy Thayer doesn't play like Ace Frehley. He got, but they, the whole sound is different to me. Nothing, nothing against it. And yeah, I, I go see, you know, I go see Kiss just to see Gene and Paul, um, and Tommy and Eric play. But I don't really care for the bands, and it's hard to say this too. You know, they don't have the singers with them, like. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name that sang for the singing with Grand Funk now. Um, the guy that sang for 38 Special. Yeah, I don't know his name. Yeah, it's hard. I'd like to hear Mark Farner sing. You know what I'm saying? Um, he still has the pipes. I mean, it's too oh, bad yeah. those but, guys can't get. You in know, room you know. I mean, nice. I I think it. What you're saying. I totally respect. I mean, and 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 that's the whole thing about music is we can all sit here and go, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. Right. It's, it's when people start demanding, well, you can't have it. Cause I don't want it. You know, oh, kiss, no. kiss, kiss shouldn't be touring because I only wanted the original four. It's like, no, I mean, again, especially when you've got bands that have been around as long as some of these bands have, there are yeah. fans of them who literally were never even alive in the seventies or no. even the eighties. Exactly. They, they discovered them a year ago, five years ago. And as we, before we hit the record button, we have to stop looking at what's going on through our old man eyes. Exactly. And remember the excitement we had when we were 16 years old and you were at the kite fly and oh. you heard kiss for the first time there's some fan that's 15, 16 years old out there right now feeling the same way about Kiss, Grand Funk, Ted Nugent, Blue Oyster Cult. Right. And, and I feel like if we are going to keep this genre of music and these bands alive, we need that. Oh, you have we, to have we, we have to have this younger generation coming in and going, holy crap, I love this. I only hope that they love it so much that then they start going back and going, wait a second. You mean kiss has had albums out since 1974. Let me go back and look at the kiss catalog, the grand funk catalog, the blue oyster cult catalog. And, you know, I remember, I remember when I discovered the sweet catalog, I was just like, Holy crap. This band is, this band is incredible. 
And all of a sudden I've discovered like four albums all at once. And I bought every one of these albums at the same time. It was an incredible musical moment. And I can only hope younger fans are going through that right now. And I don't care what version of the band it is. They are becoming rock and rollers. And that's all that matters. And I just want the opportunity to go or not go. I don't want to be told that it's wrong to go and it shouldn't happen because somebody's not happy. Oh, exactly. The, the people, there's too much of that in the world today. Mm -hmm. well, 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 Doc, before we kind of start wrapping up here, after you saw Kiss in 74 at the Kite Fly, were you like completely brought in and a full on Kiss Army fan after you left that show? Did you buy all their follow up albums as they came out? I bought albums all the way up. Um, rock and Roll Over was probably the last album I bought. Okay. I think so. Um, it, I so you didn't buy Love Gun? You didn't buy Love I Gun? I might have picked Love Gun up. I don't know. And, and here, here is the thing. I have a big, what can I say? A big wide spectrum of musical taste. I, I'll listen. I, I like all different kinds of music. My, I'm constantly looking. Like I said, I don't look. There's not too much of the newer rock and roll I like. Um, I, I went into the 80s looking at, like, um, what can I say? When it started getting a little more metal and everything to that point, you know, I liked ACDC. Um, I, I thought they were a great rock and roll band. But as it started changing and getting a little more, uh, what can I say? Um, Slick really, produced? Yeah. Overproduction doesn't do yeah. it for me. Uh, Got it. Um, it, it, it just don't you you i yeah I, I would guess you are a simple rock guy just give me give me a, a guitar a bass that's a drum what, and that's yeah. it i don't need effects i don't need pedals i don't need i don't mind you, you know and don't get me wrong either because i love eric johnson and boy if there's anybody that puts effects on a guitar it's eric johnson yeah. and i think he's one of the i think he's just phenomenal eddie van halen the same way but in my personal taste, I like the old style sounding guitar, you know, like um, even Gary Richrath, you know, I yep. really, really. What a great player, man. That guy does not get mentioned enough. Boy, Gary was just an animal guy. I love his playing. Oh, he was. And and he, he was big your, down your way. They, he was, oh, yeah, they he were was. really big in St. Louis. Yeah, I did. I did a video on him on my channel. I, I seen him at uh, Super Jam with, um, was it Nugent and uh was that like Nugent shooting star April wine something like that no that was the one before that even this one had gypsy maybe um, mm. well I can't remember I've seen so many of them I seen it's not I can tell you Dick, seen a lot Bob of Welch man. was this one of them uh Eddie that Morgan, been, Blue yeah, Oyster I was say, oh that would have been 78 79 then yeah, I, I, I get to the point I have to start looking them up. <laughs> Sweet I, said, I, I, yeah, I said I wish I would have 
like when I went to that Kiss concert, I sure wish I would have just took pictures or wrote some notes down when I got. Oh, home. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, we never none of us know at that moment you're witnessing something special that didn't that, that 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 who, who would have guessed in 74 you were seeing a band that was going to be around for 50 years and yep. gotten so huge. It would have, exactly. you know, it could have just been another third opening act that you will never see again. We've all encountered those bands at shows. We're like, whatever happened to Kiss is no matter what people want to say, this out or the other, the whole concept of Kiss is legendary. It really is. It, it, it I, I seen, like I said, I seen Alice Cooper, you know, I seen, I seen Slade, you know, Naughty Holder, boy, he liked to this, that, and the other, put on the hat and dress up in the high heel shoes and stuff. But Kiss took it to, to the limit they, they went to the limit with everything. And that, and even though I didn't care for the change, I didn't care for the change of music in the mid eighties. I, I didn't like it, you know, as it started heading toward disco and things like that, you know, you know, I, I didn't care too much for that, but to keep kiss working and keep them on top, if it hadn't have been for Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley making the decisions for them to, to start moving in that direction. I mean, they took the makeup off. That was, that, that was the whole thing right there. They had the, what can I, I don't even know, even know for the kind of word, but they had to do, they knew what they had to do to change. They, they tried not changing. And like Paul said, they was going out and this, just because Peter and Ace was gone, even with, with Vinny and Eric uh, Carr, they were still a very good band. Oh, incredible. Exactly. They still had their show. But something happened. Was it because Peter and Ace was gone? I don't think so. Because Paul said they was doing some shows in the United States, and he said he had to watch how hard he threw his pick so it didn't go over the crowd's head and land on the floor behind them all. They was, they was not drawing. They went to Europe where they still, they were still drawing people like crazy over in Europe. Then they came back and that's when they took the makeup off and basically started kiss all over again and just got out and said, Hey, we're still a good band. And you well, won't. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you saw kiss at the kite fly in 74, you were like, I was listening for the music. I wasn't paying attention yeah. to the makeup, but mm -hmm. by, by the end of the seventies, it was the opposite way. Most people were only seeing Kiss for the makeup and completely ignoring the music. And, and you know, I, I, I sh I've shared this story before, but I'll share it to you. You know, when, when, when Kiss took the makeup off, I was still living in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Lick It Up was being played on the radio. Right. And I called the radio station. I said, I played stupid. I'm like, who is that? That's a fucking great song. He goes, I kid you not. The DJ goes, that's kiss. They took their makeup off. Don't they sound great now? And I was just like, you, you know, <laughs> I love bullshit. when you tell it. The, 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 the makeup didn't make the sound, but no. the problem was like the previous album creatures of the night. 
which was an incredible hard rock metal album for Kiss, nobody paid attention to it because all they saw was makeup. These guys can't play. They're a joke. They're a kiddie band. To your point in 79, it's a bunch of kids, little kids going to the shows. Exactly. They had to take it off mm-hmm. in order to give themselves another chance and prove that they did. They, they, they got you, lost. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> Mark, Mark, you've, you've said this many times. I mean, if a band is going to be here 50 years, they're going to have to have some good music. There's yeah. got to be great songs. You do not last for 50 years if you can't play and can't write and have crappy music. If all you had was makeup and some flash pots, you're not here for 50 years. Like that goes back to what I've said forever is if you claim to like classic rock and roll of any genre, if you like classic rock in general, if you're not a Kiss fan or you don't like Kiss, it means you didn't listen to them because quintessentially Kiss is a great, underlined three times, rock and roll band. That's what, especially, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm saying out of the gate, did they lose their way a few times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so did Bloister Cult and all these other bands, Grand Funk too. I mean, some of these bands, they started, you know, getting into, you know, falling victim to following trends. Kiss certainly did. Jeez, oh my God, the the 80s they were chasing bon jovi's tail to embarrassing levels um but you know eventually they you, you kind of go back and go you know what this is what i'm good at and this is what i'm gonna do uh, you know i can use a great example too you know bloister cult by 79 although i love the mirrors record you know where they kind of lost their edge and then, then they went right back and you know, fortunately for them, you know, because uh, Burning For You came out, I think, what, 82 or so. They kind of like, you know what? This is what we do better than that. And and they and they follow suit. Kiss, great example with Lick It Up. You know, they they, they ditched the disco era sort of stuff and the concept record. And went, you know, this is what we should do. We're a rock and, band. And it, and it worked. You know, yeah, we're a rock band. And, and they find their way. They had to. And, they- yeah, and that's what happens. All ZZ Top, if they hadn't have changed and started going with a little more music like the Eliminator and stuff, they would have just kind of been. They would. Boy, boy, you're 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 so right, Doc. And that's the funny part because I love ZZ Top, but I don't like those records, man. I I remember feeling really betrayed. But but if you're honest, if you're honest with yourself as a ZZ Top fan, yeah, you know they they kind of experimented before they went full bore because, you know, if you go the, the one with the, well, even, even the song, you know, tube steak, book, they started kind of teasing in that little, you know, kind of so many beats per minute. So, mm-hmm. And then, then it was no surprise, but let's face it, you know, eliminator is never going to be, uh, you know, mistaken for Diego or, you know, I just, no. Or, you know, or Tejas or any of that. I mean, that old stuff is just, as they say in music, the shit. That, is, that stuff's just great, man. Well, you look at it, a lot of the bands that came out back then, just think of some of the rock bands that they couldn't keep going now if they had to, you know, no matter what, 
because they didn't longevity you have to change we all have to change mm -hmm. think about it if you work any job for 30 years you're not going to do it the same the first two years as you do the last two years it's going to change music is the exact same way the the, the only thing that's permanent in this world is change exactly that's it that's the only thing you can count on is everything some, will change right some change some don't kiss had to change dz top had to change take a group like um fog hat they didn't change well yes they did and that to, to their detriment if if no, no no what i'm saying is they kind of lost their hard rock ways mm -hmm. in the early 80s and it cost them fans i'm one of them yeah. Because if you if you listen to I love Fawcett, but after after tight shoes, man, they you know they yeah. they took the boogie out. They took they yeah. took what made them huge a out of the of equation, and they started almost going for a I don't know like Dave Edmonds. They started going towards more of a, a I, don't, I dare I say it's not really rockabilly. It was almost like new wave-ish sort of, and it's like no guys, you're a freaking blues band. Play yep. that kind of stuff. Play back play to, the boogie stuff. And they, and they didn't. They, yeah, but I mean, I know what they did. They they tried to they tried something different because it wasn't working. But you know, go back in time, that whole sort of genre of music was, you know, kind of falling out of favor because A, it wasn't getting much airplay. Thank God for Van Halen. They kind of saved everything. And, 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 but Mark, you know, as, then, as we, as we also, it. as we also talked about, and you made a great example of with Uriah Heep, once MTV hit, a lot of these bands, they didn't look good. They, they, they did not look good on video. No, they didn't. <laughs> you know, the way that it is, like I said, that is just a phenomenal song. One of the best songs in the Uriah Heep canon, but you can't put those mugs on an MTV video. Uh, you know, again, you, you go back to, uh, you know, Atlanta rhythm section, they had just some dynamite music, but you can't put some of those guys they're, they, 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 they ain't going to be drawing girls to the front row of their show, which they no. realize that's where you make your money, where the girls go, the guys follow. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, kiss. I remember at that concert there in 74, the girls was really into that that they really got off on them boots and their looks and you have to remember they had um their hair was dyed jet black yeah i mean they their hair you know when i close my eyes and think about that there wasn't a stage show show to speak but as they was up on the stage this was you know last of march a very spring blustery day with a bright blue sky and i can still see them black that black hair against that blue sky i mean you, you can't believe the effect it made and the music was such i mean peter he just pounded i mean my god I, I would have thought the guy had been playing rock and roll all of his life the way he played at that show um paul and gene sang really good harmony together 
They, they really did. And they, they would, they would, what I call flop parts. Um, if Paul was singing, or let's say Gene was singing a part, he may not, or Paul would be singing a part and Gene would come in. Gene couldn't hit the harmony above him. Gene would just take over the lead and Paul would go above it. They would automate. They, they, it, it was, it was something that was done out of a lot of rehearsal and practice to be that rock and roll and that tight and that good at that point in time. Um, that's what made them, you know, at that time to me, the music is what made them. Cause I didn't see their stage show. I didn't see their stage show until, uh, when was that Mark? Oh, 76, 76 when they had, um, destroyer destroyer. Yeah. When I seen that show, they, it was a whole new ball game to me. It was almost like and a I, completely different band. I would assume. It was, it was a completely different, completely different band. You know, they moved on stage. They had their little kiss moves and stuff, but nothing, you know, they didn't have the stage room to run, uh, especially Paul, you know, he didn't have the room to run back and forth and this, that, and the other thing. And it was still, it was still good. Even in 79, 78 or 79, when I last saw him, I still, they were still a good band. It, I think, again, to what might happen, they didn't want to drop a lot of their earlier songs. And they played a lot of their earlier songs in some of that in 79. So they seemed to play faster so they could get them all in because they, they played almost a two-hour show back then, I would think, in 79. Um, yeah, that, that show had to last. They played a good hour and a half to two hours. Um, during... They played fast because... Uh... Um, yeah. Peter had some, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Peter no could care less. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and, and that does happen. And, you know, you show so many people, some people are on Peter and Ace's side and some people's on Gene and Paul's side. Well, if you've ever had, have you ever been the one to walk into the party late and everybody's already drunk or high and having a big time and you got two choices i either got to drink and get drunk quick or i got to get out of here paul and gene had to put up with ace and peter and them guys was bingers i'm telling you you know everything you read and peter and ace admit how hard they partied well gene and paul that drives a wedge in be you know the brotherhood kind of went out of it yeah yeah you, you know and not to say you know what them guys they can call each other what they want in their books because they have this special bond. They come up from, from the very beginning and they rode in the station wagon and they lived in cheap motels and had to sleep half together and stuff like that. Um, they can say what they want about each other, but they still have a special bond. Them four guys will always will. And even Paul and Gene admit that. Although the Kiss Band now has been together, what, how many years? 20-some years. 20-some years. And, and that is the Kiss Band now. That, yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, even Peter and Ace, I think they accept that part. It's hard for them, especially Ace, I think. You know, I heard that he don't want to get, I don't know if it's true or not, he don't want to get on stage 
and play along with Tommy. I, 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 I read that a few times. I don't know if it's true or not. And I, I, I don't understand that part. Well, I, 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 I think it's, he doesn't want to get on stage and play while Tommy's wearing the makeup. Well, that makeup might run deep, you, you know, and. But here's the thing. Uh, he sold it, you know, Ace sold the makeup. Exactly. So, you know, you can, you well, can be all upset about it, but at the end of the day, you're the reason you it happened. It. Well, and Paul and Gene is the reason the kit kiss is so big even as it is now and it's still yep. yep. I, you know i don't i don't mean to be critical of ace and peter but you know i understand why gene and paul put pressure on them and, and basically as gene says they mentally battered them to get them to do the right things in the band in the early years you, you know when they they, they they the vote would be two to two the vote never should have been two to two. If Peter and Ace would have just kept rocking and rolling and hung with Gene and Paul and let them lead them. Now, naturally, Kiss took the long road. You know what I'm saying? They went through the destroyer. They had to go through some changes. They went through taking off the makeup and all of this. There's no way that Peter couldn't have played any of the drum parts had he wanted to apply himself to what was there. Peter just didn't want to do it. Peter wanted to be a, a star by himself. He figured he could make it on his own. And Ace was the same way. And like I said, I am one of the biggest Ace Fraley fans. I just love his way of playing. I still love it today, but it comes a time that you can't, if you want longevity in your band, you can't just keep playing the same stuff without changing with the times. because one thing, the radio stations won't play you. Yeah. If you don't, if, if the fans, you may, even if your fans want to hear you, your fans, you have, they have to, you have to have a turnover in fans. People's going to quit as they get old like me. You know, I wasn't really that big into kiss toward the 80, 82. You, you know, I kind of lost it. And I was more into the Leonard Skinner and some things like that. But guess what? When I left, somebody was right there to take my place. You know, it, it, it's the way it evolves. And as long as it keeps going, like us so old guys, we love the old bands and stuff. You know, I, I don't really care for too much of the new music out there today, but I guarantee you there's a lot of younger people that listen to it. And when them, that band's 10 years old and them younger people start saying, I don't like this music anymore, there's going to be more evolved if they keep, trending in the right direction yep 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 you know music has to trend it, 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 you can't be it you can look on the countryside of music tim mcgraw he's a very good example of it why can he still go and sell out 20 and thirty thousand seats because he changed from his old country style in the 80s and kept trending with the other the other music and he evolved. Well, you know, and 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 I let we'll 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 end it with this. I think that's the problem with us older fans. As we get older and older, we just don't want to change. We don't no, want we don't want to change. We don't want what we like to change around us. Just no, stay the way it was don't. in 1976, and it's like it ain't 1976 it anymore. And the, the bands can't do it because the, they wouldn't have no new fans. Yep. You know, Do we have to give credit to where credit is due. 
the producers and the radio stations, even though we don't like some of it, they know what's trending and they know how the young people feel. And, you know, there's going to come a day, you know, 20 years from now, we're all going to be dead and gone. Who's going to take our place? Well, they are, but they're going to take it from other bands and there will always be young fans picking up on Kiss, uh, ZZ Top. They'll always look at Jimmy Buffett. He still has young fans coming and old fans. They, the old fans die off. He's got new ones that comes and fills their places. Yep. Yep. Do okay. Doc, you know, this was fascinating. Thank you for taking us to the kite, the, the kite fly in 1974. I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, I don't know. I don't think I've ever encountered somebody who was actually there. It's one of those events in KISS history where, you know, we've seen some pictures. We've seen a few minutes of video. Um, it's becoming rarer and rarer to find people that were at some of these very early KISS events. And, oh, it, yeah. you know, and it, again, it was great that old. you took the time to sit down share your memories, record them. So the young kids listening, cause we got them, um, are going to learn, you know, just the way you described, you know, seeing kiss. And it was, it was the music in 1974 it was the music that got you to me. It was, but, and that's good. Also remember, oh yeah. But there was a lot of, especially the girls there that was really into that makeup that you know they was talking about it and and you 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 could see the makeup and, and their stage presence still had an effect on people they, they yep. had charisma up there they really and truly did you know besides being good musicians they was good musicians that made a great band they they commanded the stage they commanded the audience um yeah. doc i know you you do your own videos and you've got a youtube channel do you want to plug it here real quick I sure do. It's called River Docks. If anybody wants to come by and hear some old rock and roll uh, history, uh, some of it comes off the top of my head. Some of it I do a little research. Some of it I I read a lot. I've read all my life. Um, I have a lot of, you wouldn't believe the stacks of books, and they're mostly all about music. Sound like, you sound like Mark. That's all he does is he reads rock and roll yeah, biographies. We got to get together if he comes down this way sometime. Yep. Oh, I, so, I so, will definitely look up. I'm going to be down there a lot. So, so, so check out River Docs. Just search for it on YouTube. You've got yeah. a channel filled with all sorts of videos out there. And again, yep, Doc, sure. thank you so much for um, letting us experience the kite fly. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. You guys. If you have something to say, leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. I, you know, guys, I found it just so cool to hear from somebody was there. Who, who was there a month after the debut album was released. I mean, just think about that. Kiss was nothing. Nobody's. No, they had no buzz. They had nothing going for them. A month after that album is out, they're coming through St. Louis to play some kite fly festival. You can be sure that St. Louis pretty much never heard of kiss. Well, I think of, think of, I was thinking and, you know, while he was talking about that, I'm like, you know, he said that, uh, um, 
uh, uh, one not got. What was the song? Uh, da, da, da. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose was I, yeah because they were pushing that single at the time. I think there was one picture of Gene in Cream Magazine that would have been out by then. Um, and I think the review in Rolling Stone of the first album. But I mean, it would have had, it had to have been a perfect storm for most everybody in that crowd to even know who these guys were. Yeah. Because they're, you know, you didn't have that. And again, you know, I stress this all the time for the younger fans. There was no internet. You have to think of a world without one. Yeah. There was, um, there was no immediately was no- hearing from somebody else who discovered it. You would wait months. And, and to your point, Mark, a little photo in Cream Magazine. Nobody was seeking out Cream Magazine to see what they had to say about Kiss. So you had to have been looking through Cream Magazine and just go, what the hell is that photo of? That, I mean, that, that's what it was about back then. And it would have maybe just planted a seed to go, oh, I thought I remembered seeing them. I saw that guy in Cream Magazine at the drugstore last week. You know, there was nothing back then where people were like, oh, my God, Kiss is coming to town. We got to go see Kiss. I mean, none of that. None of that. None of that. It was after he saw Kiss that he became the fan. Yeah, and and you know, if you saw the, uh, the the video of that show, you know, either online or during Kiss's A uh, and E um, uh, special, it was just the guitar, bass, and drums. I mean, yeah. it there, there was, was no, there was no stage, no show. light show. Uh, you know, they just kind of played, and and you know what's funny because one of the things that that, that Doc said you can tell by looking at them during they were having fun though the band i mean if, if you get a chance to check out that footage look at their they were they were like and you know how crazy you know as far as because liz asked me before we came down here she's like she always asked you know you guys having a guest and, blah, blah. and i said yeah a guy that was and she's like you know whatever you know guys so i saw him on the first door i'm like oh no they played during the afternoon you know, outside on a windy, you know, Midwestern at an event where people get together to fly kites, (laughs) like kites that had nothing to do with, Hey, the legendary kiss or this crazy band that everyone's dying to see. No, they were just, I'm sure, I'm sure when they got that booking, whoever booked them went, we get these guys cheap. (laughs) I was just going to say, Mark, I bet this event and even the one you talked about in April in Detroit, Kiss probably didn't get paid at all. It was a radio event where the radio station said, hey, we'll play Nothing to Lose on the air if you guys come to town next month and put on a free show at our festival. Mm -hmm. There was no pay. There was nothing. It was show up. We'll give you the spotlight. We'll give you some airplay. And that was it. You know what I find fascinating about both the Detroit and the St. Louis kite shows or the association with, because again, you know, the, the one in Detroit was associated with the local radio stations kite thing. 
but you know the show was at the Michigan Theater is that how both of those KISS shows, how legendary they are now and how documented they were, because that was the first time KISS played with Aerosmith. And Paul, or excuse me, uh, Joe Perry talks about it in his book. Like, he's like, we have to, we have to, that was, if you, if you read Joe Perry's book, he's like the first time he saw KISS, he's like, oh Christ, is this what we have to do now to get seen or someone to pay attention to us because he was so blown away by the visuals and he begrudgingly went the same thing that doc said well they were a really good rock and roll band too they're really tight yeah these guys got it you know and that was one of the things too if you think about that you know just kind of you know throwing this in as as an aside you know joe perry i think at least once got up with kiss in Paul's boots. Yeah, that was on. That was during the Aerosmith tour. Yeah, with, with and uh, and uh, by the way, I I wanted to weasel that into our conversation just because. Did you guys see? I know I sent it to you guys, but in case you're unaware, Aerosmith is going to start playing on their on their YouTube channel each week. They're going classic to old videos. A, a classic. I mean, to me, they're. I mean, but you know, everyone, everything's not geared towards me. You have to realize that us old geezer fans because guys whether i like it or not and i don't um aerosmith was just fucking huge in the 90s you know and in, in, the, in the 80s the late 80s with mtv just catered to them and they were just monsters i personally i just didn't like that stuff i i like but i will tell you i'm very happy i think everyone in this audience if you're at, you know, sitting on the fence as an Aerosmith fan or want to understand the difference between MTV Aerosmith post 87 and the Aerosmith that I fell in love with. Uh, I think this, the 29, what's today? 27th? What's today? 26, 27? 26. 26th. I think on the 29th, they're going to play that Houston 77 show. And if you thought Kiss was kick-ass, you know, on in Houston and 77 on the uh, Kissology videos, Aerosmith gave them a damn good run for their money. If not, uh, look, I, if you would have asked me in the summer of 77, and even if you asked me in the summer of 2022, you know, boy, those bands at that point, man, I, I loved them both equally. I wanted just as much Aerosmith in my cream and circus magazines as I, as I wanted kiss. I, couldn't get enough Aerosmith, couldn't get enough Kiss. And uh, if, when you watch that show that they're going to be um, showing on the Aerosmith YouTube channel, man, I can't wait. I, and of course, you know, it's a very famously bootlegged show. It was uh, just like Kiss. You know, they filmed it from, uh, you know, from inside the arena. But man, just like Kiss at that time, they were just young and hungry. And uh, is that out in the trader's circle heavily? Oh, that's yeah. It's been out forever. I've had that. On, fuck, I have that on VHS. That's a old, uh, <laughs> right. but it's great. It sounded, of course, you did. familiar to me. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the seventy seven draw the line tour, and uh, man, they were just they were just at their apex. They they were, you know, just incredible live band of the energy and everything. So again, if you if you like that sort of hard rock you're going to love that show. So, and again, you, think, you know, I, the reason I bring it up is I wish kiss would do that. I think that would be a cool idea. Do you think they'll do any, they'll show any 
uh, live shows from like Toys in the Attic tour and earlier? Um, well, right now, um, they just listed like six weeks worth. Yeah, five or six shows. Yeah, unfortunately, the 77 show is the only one um that uh you know they had a ton they they used to do a ton of radio broadcasts matter of fact i bought a really 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 cool bootleg box set of all the radio broadcasts and they're just you know they're just stellar i mean they were just such a great you know live band back then and you know just that whole blues infused hard rock just it's the best of the best but you know i don't think they were filmed a ton um, full shows. Don't get me wrong. You know, they, they do have the, um, you know, the, the, their Cal Jam set and the, you know, that, that matter of fact, they home video released the, uh, the, the, what was the one from, was it from Houston? Texas Jam. Texas, Texas Jam. Jam. Matter of fact, because Nuge gets up with them and does Milk Cow Blues at the end. Um, you know, well, I'd like to so, see like, uh, that done with mirrors show from Boston in a theater in in eighty five. It was yeah, a broadcast. That would, huh? that would be dynamite. Yeah, it was a broadcast. Video? Yeah. Done with mirrors? Uh, either that or it was right before done with mirrors, but when Perry got back. That's done with some, mirrors. Huh? That's done with mirrors. Yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, I remember seeing it, but. You know, I have so. I have some vid, I have some bootleg V8 you know from that time period. Again, you're right, Tommy. Your memory that they were fantastic. Um, you know when they got back, and uh, I, I will tell you though too. You know, kind of piggybacking too on our earlier conversation. You know, I saw Aerosmith with the two replacement guys back in uh, May of of '83. That was one of the best times I ever saw them too. It was a they were rocking a hard place towards just fucking awesome. So, but anyways, I digress because well, it's almost dinner time. It's almost feeding time <laughs> for Mark. Homework. Um, I, I we can't really ask. Did you see Kiss at the Kite Fly? Because I can't imagine there's anybody else out there who probably has. Um. Let's 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 try this as your homework. What was your first live exposure to Kiss? And and was it the music that got you to go to the show? Was it just a hang with your buddies that went you to go to the show? Was it the makeup and the spectacle? What was it? You know, we we've shared our firsts with Kiss. I mean. My first was the Creatures of the Night tour. And, you know, I was already a diehard Kiss fan. So it wasn't the music. It wasn't the makeup. It was just the simple fact that, holy shit, I can finally go see Kiss in concert. That's what it was for me. But I loved how Doc was like, yeah, you know, me and a couple buddies, we just got in to go to the event. Yeah, they have bands. This band Kiss was playing. The music just won me over. I'd like to know our listeners' experiences. That's pretty good. And, you know, I tell you what, Tommy, you're seeing a lot of younger bands right now. What are some of the bands that you're seeing on the undercard that are really impressing you? Gosh, there was so many great ones this couple weeks ago at Rockfest. Um, there's a band called the Midnight Devils, 
and they're out of Omaha, Nebraska. And they had a lot of energy. They were only a three piece, but uh, they were great. I really enjoyed them. So you should check them out. And, they, and the lead singer wears makeup. He's a bass player. And I got the Paul Stanley vibe from him. And then I saw a photo of him later and he's wearing a Kiss shirt. So it's like, okay, that completely mm. makes sense. Um, God, there was so many. Um, Avatar, if you guys aren't familiar with Avatar, I really like them. Um, Motionless and White was really good. Skillet was really good. Um, Hailstorm was good. Yeah, but those uh, couple, Skillet and Hailstorm have been around for a bit now. Yeah, but there's still a lot of people who don't know who the hell they are. You know, as far as like earlier bands in the day, it was definitely, like I said, the Midnight Devils were probably right up there. Um, and let me think, um, pretty reckless. I really like them. My, yeah, my they, son, they, they canceled. I think it was them that canceled here in Detroit. Uh, somebody got sick or something because it was it was them. And I think Hailstorm. It could be. Yeah. And they have a new record out and their single is Death by Rock and Roll. And I think it's just a great song. So they're another one that I thought was really, really good. And of course, our friend John Five. Um, but he's all all instrumental for the most part, but just so incredibly talented and so much fun to watch. Oh, Lilith R, Andy's wife. Really good. Really, really good. Um, check her out. So Spe- speaking speaking of Andy, I saw you had to wear a Packers jersey. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You won that bet. It ain't over, beer sack. Because I know you're listening right now laughing. Andy, you got to make them wear a cheese head next time. Oh, there will be redemption and he will find himself in some Steelers garb. It's going to happen. Why Steelers? Make him put the Vikings on. No, 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 because he doesn't know. The, the, The whole bet was you have to wear the team you hate the most. So I ended up in Packers jersey. He would have, if he lost the bet, he would have had to wear Steelers because he's a Bengals guy. Got it. Yeah. So putting a Vikings thing on, he he'll root for our team when when you know he can in the same fashion in which I would always root for the Bengals. The thing is, if he puts the Steelers on, that's going to make Lisa happy. You know, she said she gets really aggressive online with this stuff. Like, because I think she said something under his post, like, you know, I don't even remember what it was, but something like it's always nice to see a, a Bengals ass hat or something like that. You know, some, it was really aggressive. So she loves her Steelers, but yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Well, anyway, Andy, you gotta, the bet has to be Tommy's got to wear a cheese head and, and, and to make it even better, like make him wear it at one of your shows where he's doing photography the whole night. Well, that's what I did with the freaking Steelers or the Packers jersey. He, they were playing. Yeah, but Packers jersey isn't quite as embarrassing as having to be there for like an entire show wearing a piece of cheese on your head. Fair. Right up in the photo pit. Well, everyone will just think I'm special needs. You know, look, I, I look forward to the day where I can have enough confidence to make a football bet. It's been <laughs> 65 years and I still can't yeah. with any. Yeah, sport. you got that too. That's true, Mark. Well, so what, what is the thing that the Steelers 
tout that he would have to wear that would be the most embarrassing thing for him to wear. Because they don't have like a piece of cheese. You know, they don't have like, I don't know, whatever. Well, the Steelers got the towels, right? They got the towels. Don't they have like hard hats? Oh, maybe. Do they have maybe a hard hat with the two beer holders? Oh, I'm sure they do. It's Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. We'll we'll come up with another Lisa, do you have a hard hat with beer holders on it? I'm sure you do. Yeah, and I would have mentioned Blackfell Brides also earlier to Mark's question, but we talk about them, so you people should know who they are by now. Yeah, they're not a new band. No. So, yeah. All right, right, guys. So, you know what your homework is. Um, That's it. We'll see everybody next week. The show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Voices for Three Sides of the Coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.